personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Leaf, who will help you get started in building your real estate empire. Grow your self-confidence, find your grit, and get the skills needed to dominate the real estate world. This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lieb. We're having this amazing discussion with Gary Cocolari, who's a member of the Upper West Siders for Safer Streets. It's a Facebook organization that has like 10,000 members in like a blink of an eye. They are very concerned about property values going down up to 34%. They're concerned about the homeless population. They're saying... I don't, I don't know the answer to this yet. They're saying that there's drug dealers and sex offenders and all and all sorts of problems. And I have Gary Cocolari on the line. And what we're discussing right now, so everyone understands, is ethical business practices. And what that means to us is where are the existing laws? And how should you use your discretion within the existing laws? And how should you change your actions into the future, the society, to change existing laws? And it's very important to tell you that this segment is being underwritten by Bryn Elliott team at Douglas Allen Real Estate. And why is that important? Because it's an ethical discussion. And as a real estate salesperson, a real associate real estate broker, they're very keen on following business ethics because that is a new required continuing education course starting in July, 2021. We're back with Gary. And before the break, I was cutting him off because I just wanted to understand what aggressive policing means. And I'm happy to understand that Gary said it just means that we know the police are there. I was having visions of terrible things with aggressive policing. Like aggressive could be kneeling on someone's head or something like that. So Gary, you're not advocating for violence whatsoever. No, 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 not in any, not in any stretch of the imagination. As I said, we had an example going back with an SRO on 79th Street, and it was, it was a maybe I misspoke. It was an aggressive police presence. Let's put it that way. So when you say aggressive police presence, it's the word aggressive that I think is just coloring my head. You're saying a uh, uh, police presence. That a, a known presence. police yeah, presence. Let, let, let me let's okay. Let's use another word. A robust police presence. I like it much more. It makes me okay. because you know we're in a very hard time where we're I saying blue lives matter, black lives matter, right. whatever it is. Right. And I'm trying to say Gary's not saying that because right. I don't want you to have people knocking on your door tomorrow, Gary. I appreciate and, that. And I think what you're really saying is that where's the cops? Yeah, and I we think wanted, we, exactly. Yeah. So what we're saying is you have a few ideas so far. The first. And by one, the way, the problem is. The police are spread thin. They've been handcuffed and to some extent, both by the city, and also they're demoralized. And they're also concerned that if they take action, there's a video camera somewhere around that's going to take their pension away. So let's talk about video cameras. Are you uh, suggesting that we ban video cameras? Absolutely not. So what are you Absolutely suggesting? Absolutely not. not. What I'm suggesting is the police are concerned that if they intervene in a situation, it's going to be whatever they do is going to be taken out of context and they could lose their jobs. Oh, I completely agree. And what I'm telling you is I want to know what are you suggesting as a solution or is this just the fact of life? You know, these are the facts of life. That was a great show. I'm not sure I'm, I'm understanding the question. Well, are you, you're saying that a police officer doesn't want to act because they're afraid they're going to be having a video that's taken out of context, which is going to make them lose their pension. That's correct. And yes. I'm saying to you, what's the solution for that? Um, that's a big question, and, and, I, and I think that's going to take a change in attitude by the mayor of the city. What does that mean, a change in attitude by the mayor of well, the city? It, I don't think it's, it's a secret that he hasn't been supportive of the police. He's taken plainclothes plain police off the street. Uh, I think they need to be there. Um, the whole message he sent out, quite frankly, from what I'm hearing from, from um, sources in the police department, is that they're demoralized by this. 
So what they're you, damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. Gary, just to understand, though, what you're saying is that the issue is the de Blasio administration not supporting the police instead of saying, and I just want to understand, that if someone had a video camera and there was a viral video of police abuse and that's taken out of context, that's not the problem. It's the de Blasio um, administration demoralizing. Is that what you're saying? I think it's both. Okay, so how do we solve the video camera thing? Well, again, I think the video cameras are a good thing. Because I, I'm, I'm sure that in the wide, if you, if you took it in the, in the context of looking at overall police action, you're going to find out most of the police are doing what they're supposed to do. Because there has to be somewhere, there's somebody there to stand between us and the criminals. I wish and that's, a, that's a pact that we make when we pay our taxes. We pay our taxes, the government's going to protect us. It seems that there's been a breakdown in that, in that agreement. I wish I had um, this meme that I found, which I thought was fabulous in this conversation. It was by a comedian, and he was saying he understands what you're saying, and he's saying that most police are good. And I want to point out that I think most, most police are good. But he said, imagine, imagine, and I'm paraphrasing, American Airlines said, most of our pilots are good. Just a few of them crash. Well, that's a few too many. Well, that's what they're saying with the police, too. So I'm saying to you that, like, even one pilot saying, screw it, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I don't care. I'm just not doing this. I'm playing my Game Boy instead of flying. That's a problem. And so well, having one police officer that's not doing it, I'm not blaming all police. That one police officer is the problem. But how do we stop that? Because after well, all, that's, that's where the overseers of the police come into play. That they have to scrutinize them, and when there is when there is a uh, uh, an infraction, it has to obviously be investigated, and 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 there has to be an appropriate punishment put in place to take care of that police officer. But I, I think we're talking. There are some bad apples. There will always be bad apples, whether it's whether it's the police, whether it's Wall Street. Don't tell me American Airlines though. System. No American Airlines. I don't want to because I'm very terrified on the air. Oh, I don't want I'm flying. So I agree with you. So I, what I'm saying to you though is that we have to say while De Blasio's administration probably should support the police, and I'm all for that. Support the men in blue. They put their lives on the line. We also need to say that there has to be investigations and repercussions when these video cameras do come out and do show someone doing a misconduct. Isn't that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. All right. So what you're saying is that we want police to be there. I agree with that completely. What you're saying is you want no further relocation to the Upper West Side. And I pointed out that we can't just say the Upper West Side. We have to say that there's a cap of area. Otherwise, it's discriminatory. What other suggestions do you have? And by the way, just to stop there, there was an incident the other day. One of the women that's a member of this group posted an incident that she was on um, near the park on the West Side. And a, a man came out, and he got to uh, the way she described that he was mentally imbalanced, and he became very threatening to, toward her. He, she called the police. No one showed up. And peop, this is happening repeatedly. They're calling 911, and they're being referred to 311, and the police just, they're just either overwhelmed. I, I'm hoping it's just because they're overwhelmed. I hope it's, I'm hoping it's not because of apathy, but there either are not enough police to show up or. They're being, they're standing down. I don't know what it is. So I'm with you. We need police to get rid of bad people. I'm totally there. When I say get rid of, investigate, arrest, attend, I'm a big fan of people following the law. You know, I'm an attorney, so I think following the law is a real winner here. And your point is that no one's responding, but I don't know if that, just to be clear, has anything to do whatsoever with the fact that we're placing homeless people in hotels. Do you? Mm, not sure. So I guess what I'm asking you is, do you think that police are doing less where you are as opposed to if I was by Macy's? 
I'm not sure about that either. Oh, so we have no evidence of this, where this is just an anecdotal oh, no, conclusion. We do, have, we do have evidence that people are calling and they're not getting response. There are no responses. No, but my question is, it's statistically significantly different in the Upper West Side, and you're thinking that your community is being targeted as opposed to everywhere else. Well, uh, I don't know if it's being targeted, but we do have many incidences that are being reported, and they're not. Be- well, they're they're calling in, but they're not being reported. So, so there's been an up- uptick in activity, and I- I'd like to stop and, and make one comment, please. It's not just the 500 homeless men that have been placed there. But when you put a concentration of people like that in a, in a relatively small area, it also attracts other bad elements. It attracts the drug dealers that want to come and do business with them. It also attracts other elements that realize there might be a vacuum in terms of policing the area, in terms of maybe presenting opportunities. And we're seeing an uptick not, and I don't think it's necessarily crime from the homeless, but there have been, there have been an uptick in shootings, there's been an uptick in assaults, there's been an uptick in burglaries, there's been an uptick in attempted burglaries. So, and I think this is part of um, what happens with this concentration of men. So it's not just the homeless, it's what they bring to the neighborhood. Can and I just ask a question? Because I yeah. went to a party school for college. Did you go to a party mm-hmm. school? Yeah, I did. I did a little bit of partying. We actually won Playboy's Party School of the Year. I'm very proud of myself. So I went to Indiana University. Thank you. I was a very good partier. And we didn't have homeless people that I associated with in college. I'm not saying I don't know homeless people. I'm just saying I didn't associate with them in college. And I happen to know that there were plenty of drug dealers there. So I'm wondering to you, are you suggesting that homeless people, just because they're homeless, happen to have drug dealers come around? Why no, is it? They, they, these are, many of these homeless people are, 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 are substance abusers. And many so non-homeless people are substance abusers. That's what I'm trying to understand. Of the, of the 500 that they put in there, they were these were not just docile homeless people. Many of them had histories of substance abuse and also had histories of being mentally unstable. So just so I'm understanding, though, we have no issue with homelessness people there. We have issue with putting people that are on drugs there. People that are not only on drugs, mentally unstable, who are unpredictable. They are unpredictable, and they can do damage to themselves, but more importantly, they could do damage to innocent bystanders. I, and by I, the way, I'm with you on you, that. You bring, you bring up an interesting thing there, because it's not as if Upper West Siders, or New Yorkers in general, have not had compassion to homeless people, because homeless people have lived in the West Side for a long time. And yes, there's nuisances of getting panhandlers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but by and large, they haven't really bothered people that much. But what we've seen is an uptick in the frequency of incidents and aggressive incidents from homeless people in that area. So it's not, it's not, well, I'm not labeling all homeless people as being bad. They're people, many of them are down on their luck. They do have maybe mental problems, et cetera. But again, they've been there. It's not as if they haven't been on the Upper West Side. So again, uh, the point is that it's not a homelessness issue. It's an issue of drugs, and it's an issue of sex offenders, and it's an uh, issue of dangerous people. And I it's just want to... It's, it's, it's an issue of safety and crime. So I completely... Uh, I need safety and I need crime. I just want to read quickly to you something that I got from um, the Department of Social Services, the uh, Department of Homeless Services. They just said one thing. It is offensive and disrespectful, discriminatory to stereotype those experiencing homelessness as addicted to drugs or alcohol, especially when there is no data-based evidence being presented for such assumptions. So what I want you to do is contemplate that for the break because I got to go to commercial and then we're going to bring you back to give us a comment. Stay with us. Have you ever dreamed of owning a rental property, flipping a home, opening a successful business? This is Real Estate Investing with Andrew Lee. 